On the Newman Jets Audio Network, this is the JetCast, the official podcast of Newman University Athletics, featuring exclusive interviews with coaches, players, administrators, and more. The JetCast podcast is brought to you by South Central Ceiling and Paving, online at scsealing.com. Mel Hambledon Ford, Pepsi, Allstate Insurance Agent Mike Light, Eck Agency, Donlinger Construction, Big Corner Creative, Dr. Brennan Lucas and Advanced Orthopedic Associates, Keystone Solid Surfaces, and by Overland Charters, the official transportation provider of Newman University Athletics. Here's the voice of the Newman Jets, Blake Kreps. The anticipation is building for college basketball in 2020, and the Jets don't have to wait long. There's now a new start date for the MIAA play. November 19th, Pittsburgh State, 5.30 for the tip-off for the women, men to follow here at Fugate Gymnasium. Welcome back to the JetCast. This is episode number 23, and today we're talking women's basketball. Senior forward Riley Malloy will be joining me in a little bit, and then we'll try to keep up with Jeff Lovegren on the Newman University triathlon team. But first off, a man that almost nobody can keep up with on the golf course during the summer, head women's basketball coach Darren Spence. Coach, appreciate having you on the show. Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, it's, it's getting harder to get up on this box. I'm going to need another <laughs> stool. You know, we older guys, we need some help. Well, uh, we, we I think we had one for the president. Can we bring can we bring that back? Yeah. Um, so obviously, this is the first time we've talked to you. Since we heard the news that officially the season was to was a go, I think we talked to you just before the decision was made. Uh, what was the the sense of rel- I have to imagine it was a sense of relief, a sense of calm that came over when you finally heard that yes, you are going to be allowed to play. What was what was hearing that news like for you? Well, it was nice to hear, obviously, but but then again, there's there's that sense of um, it still you know couldn't happen. And, and a lot of things that are out of our control. And we could do a lot to protect our, our circle and our bubble. But um, there's, they still go other places, and you don't know, what they're go- you know who they're going to come in contact with. So um, we're, just, we're just praying you know, that it all goes smoothly. Our kids have done a, a phenomenal job of taking care of each other because they do want to play. And this all started last spring when we had sh- when we shut down, and all our communications from the spring all the way till now. So, um, this has been a, a a real positive group to be around. Well, the schedule format <laughs> this year obviously is going to be a little bit different. Uh, going right into the fires of MIAA play, uh, it'll be the first in the Division Two history of the Jets, the first game that will be the home opener, the conference opener and the season opener all in one game. So a historic game coming up for the Jets men and women. What are your thoughts on the format? You guys will not have any more than three games in a row on the road or at home. So a very balanced schedule for you this year with no long home stands and no long road trips. Yeah, you know, it's kind of is what it is, really. And, and we're all on the same uh, page now. And um like oh darn you know this we're right into miaa play because there's absolutely no nights off in this in this league <laughs> no. as you know and so uh you know we without a an exhibition game you know we we will get a scrimmage uh we're a scrimmage Drury university but uh that just speeds up our testing of 100 percent of our team you know before we play outside competition so i mean we're excited about it 
Um, we feel good about our team and what we're doing with them. Uh, we have enough experience now uh, with the uh, 10 returners and the six seniors. So they, they've all been through it. They know how to play. They know what the game atmosphere you know, should be like. So um, when it gets to that point, we'll be excited to play. Well, and you've mentioned the game atmosphere a couple of times and how you go out to these MIAA schools and they've got the band there and they bring a crowd. And, you know, Northeastern yeah. State, the football team is running <laughs> up and down the sidelines right. at the end of the yeah. game. And you've also mentioned, you know, sometimes when you have that exhibition game, on campus when the students are gone Mm -hmm. uh, you kind of have to create your own energy and obviously we're expecting something in the middle of those two extremes for this season how do you approach getting them ready for an atmosphere that probably at Newman that they've never had to play in you know with everybody socially distanced and and who knows if fans will even be allowed at this point we we don't know that answer Uh, how do you get them prepared for maybe playing you know, what feels like an organized scrimmage or a closed practice, right. except that the game actually counts. Well, it goes back to just our overall philosophy is, uh, of uh, must be just about us. And so since we've had that for so long, we'll play in a parking lot. We'll play wherever. <laughs> it does not matter who's there because we're playing for the people in that locker room and for all the uh, – women's basketball players and coaches who have come before us and we're just borrowing this program for you know a moment in time and this program has been going long before I got here and and it will be going long after I leave and so um you know when I retire when I'm around 90 years old (laughs) and so um you know we're just trying to take care of our our moment our today as we always talk about and so Whoever gets to come, you know, we're, we're probably looking at like a 25% capacity, which for this, which is which varies from from gym to gym sure. arena to arena in our league. So that's probably about 350 people. Yeah, um, yeah 11, one, 1,149 is the capacity of Newman of Fugate Gymnasium as it is currently oriented. So yeah, it's somewhere right. in that ballpark. Well, we, you know, our, our our parents, you know, the I think the family should be able to to get in. Um, we love our, our our cheer and dance group and, and the, the the atmosphere that they help create for our women's basketball games, for sure. And what's going to be interesting is the MIAA women's basketball programs travel well. Yes. They, they travel, in most cases, better than the men's programs. And I think it's because of the makeup of all the teams, the, pro, the way the programs are built. And so they're going to be a lot more upset that they can't come sure. uh, and, 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 you know, help fill our gym. So it'll be new. Uh, but, again, it's just about how we handle it. Well, looking back at that scrimmage Sunday, uh, wanted to ask you about how the team handled that. Got an intra-squad scrimmage. and you have another mm-hmm. scrimmage coming up. But they got to play against each other. You swapped up the teams, played three 10-minute periods yep. with three officials coming in to call the, the fouls and the travels. How did A slow start offensively, mm-hmm. but after that first five minutes, the three started flying in. <laughs> uh, how, did you, how did you feel about how the team looked offensively and defensively in that scrimmage? Well, you know, first of all, it's, it's the three officials that we have, uh, have were really a big help to us. And they came in and, and donated their time, volunteered, and uh, said they, they want to help us. And they're all high school, college-level officials, so that was a good thing. But what stood out to me was how nervous our girls got. <laughs> they were. Just in warming up. And, and I said, good grief, you know, you've all played before, but there's something about, 
the officials and the real whistles being in there that just, uh-oh, it's going to be a game time. So uh, once we got going, yeah, I, I thought we, for the most part, uh, we played, you know, decently, uh, both sides of the ball. I, I was uh, really impressed with Amani White and her growth from a year ago to a backup somewhat starter and now is, is a point guard, you know, 100% of the time. And she's just come back a, a much, much uh, more composed, more confident player and, and, and really did well in that scrimmage. And that, that's going to be a good thing for us, you know, because we're going to need her to play better for us. With no preseason games, you were supposed to have two games yeah. exhibition against mm-hmm. NCAA Division One schools. And I know that as of right now, your plans are that those will be made up in future seasons against Tulsa and Kansas State. Right. With this scrimmage you have against Drury, how important is that going to be being really the only outside competition that you'll get to have before MIAA play starts? Oh, that's going to be huge because, you know, they should be the number one ranked team in Division Two basketball this year in the preseason. So uh, I think they've lost one game in the last two years. And two years ago, it was to Lubbock Christian, you know, sure. at the national tournament, I think in the semifinals, actually. Um, and then Lubbock beat Southwestern Oklahoma for the championship. So uh, they have a number of returners back. Also, it's a road road game for us, and um, it's going to be huge because we have returning players, they have returning players. So it'll, it'll be a a pretty good indicator of do we are we actually better, or are we just better against ourselves? You know, when you're playing a good opponent like that. It might be a better indicator than than the K State or Tulsa game, because you play those Division ones, and uh, even with the COVID, they've practiced more than we have. They've sure. been around each other. They're they're at that level, and so this um, you know could uh, could be a big big step for us for sure. So you never talk, like to talk about injuries before the season even starts, but uh, <laughs> here we are, a, a class of four freshmen has been trimmed to two at least for this year with a couple of injuries. And I know that you had said, you know, that you kind of like having fewer player, under 14 players on the roster just because it gets players more involved in practice, gets them more in the game. And, and I know that there were you were thinking about redshirt decisions. And those decisions unfortunately got made for you with injuries to two freshmen, right. Ashanti Day and Elise Kaiser. How are they doing and, and how are they handling this uh, – speed bump to the beginning of their careers well it's 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 an unfortunate uh thing for both of them and for our program as well because uh you know both are 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 great people from good families and we're going to be and still are a big part of of who we are and what we're doing um you know with ashanti being a point guard and elise you know is, is a very athletic guard and uh, Elise had her her surgery, so she's on her road to recovery. She's working her tail off. To the and, knee injury, by the way. And Ashanti is, uh, you know, about to take the step to work on her hip. So, you know, if if those kids don't pick a program like ours, where people over perfection really mean something, then they're going to have a hard time. But we don't just kick them aside when they get hurt. You know, they're. Uh, a big part of what we do. I, I call them now the the uh, most overpaid managers on the planet. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they show up with a smile. I know it's frustrating. It's hard for them. So we've got to make sure that we are checking in with them, that we are, you know, always making sure that they are 
okay, you know, and, you know, like our, our great friend, Coach Trillia, always said, we have to be at our best when they need us the most. And so um, that's, that's my job, and it's, it's the job of our program. But uh, they'll be back, and they'll, they'll be better than, than ever. Talking with Darren Spence, the women's basketball season starts November 19th, Thursday. All the games are now Thursday, Saturday this year in the MIAA. And you guys were involved in, in maybe the best piece of social media that Newman has ever done in the athletic department, the Off the Radar video series, which is available on YouTube. You can go to the Fan Zone, click on Newman Jets or Newman Athletics YouTube. It'll take you there. Look for Off the Radar. Baseball uh, did a fantastic one as well, but I think that your ladies, uh, they take the cake so far. Uh, what were your thoughts on the uh, Newman Women uh, debut on Off the Radar? Um, you know the scene in Forrest Gump where the boat crashes and he goes, that's my boat. You know, it's, that's my team. That, that was exactly them. And so it's not anything new to me. And I'm, 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 a, I'm a big – uh, believer in our our players need to show their personalities and they need to be who they are and, and even on the court as well so um yeah they're definitely you know knuckleheads for sure and, and <laughs> i am too so it all kind of fits you know sure. hand in glove but um you know that's who they are a- any any surprises any revelations that came to you while watching that video no it was um it was pretty uh pretty uh, you know <laughs> pretty accurate pretty accurate yes so, so i do have to ask and i know that you said that you're not going to share this but it did come up in the video a couple of times what is this about this fish tank and where is it and, and is it an aquarium do you t- do you take admission to this what what is the fish tank you know, that's that's one of those things I could tell you, but then I'd have to knock you off, you know. Um, no, it's it's a long story. It's it's the story of that if fish, you know, are the dumbest creatures on the planet, let's say, and they can swim in a very crowded tank and you never see them run into each other, swim into each other. Humans, the smartest on the planet, they're on a basketball floor and Doink, there they go. And so they run into each other. So every class gets to hear the fish tank. So when people, two people run into each other in practice and they don't just avoid each other because their vision's not good, then we all yell out fish tank. And that's, that's, uh, that's, that's seeing, you know, behind the curtain right there. That's <laughs> what the show does. So. One of those uh, fish out there in the tank is Riley Malloy, who you met uh, all the way back in New Mexico. Uh, was a was she a ball girl, a towel yes. girl for yeah. you uh, when you were out there coaching the Aggies at New Mexico State? Yep. And now uh, got obviously kept in touch, brought her here to Wichita. What's it been like to have Riley around these last three years and going into her fourth season? God, it seems like it's gone so fast. Yeah, you know, spending four four years, you know, with her has been special. It really has. And, uh, you know, playing career for her, it's been, you know, kind of up and down and, and finding her way. But she's such a, a special person, you know, from a great family. And, yeah, she was one of my ball kids at New Mexico State and played club basketball for uh, Coach Crum's dad. And so That's right. we're so connected there. And, and I'll tell you this says a lot about Riley. When when I moved my mother out of Las Cruces, New Mexico, up here to Wichita um, in in a July, what, three years ago, 
Riley brought a friend and came over and helped us load the truck. Wow. When she was at home. And so that says a lot about her. Um, you know, her, her mom was a, was a good basketball player. Her mom's a coach. And I always tell Riley, oh, she'd be good at it. And so, you know, I think she's got bigger aspirations, but maybe want to coach one day. But uh, she she could be good at it. And okay. it, it's been fun to see her actually get in games and make an impact. And, you know, I, I take my hat off to her if, uh, that she fills so many positions. And whenever we need her, she's, she's ready and she steps in, never hangs her head. I'm sure nope. she's frustrated on, you know, some nights where maybe she doesn't play or play a lot. But, you know, she's there for everybody, and, and she is that team mother for sure. And uh, certainly one of the voices you will hear off the bench, we'll talk to Riley Malloy here in, in just a couple of minutes. Uh, one other thing, and if you follow me on Twitter, you kind of know this. I'm a bit of a unifile. I'm into uniforms, and the women are going to debut two new uniforms this year. Uh, you guys took the individual headshots. Oh, breaking news three new uniforms this year uh so the first one so we don't even know what the third one is the team picture as a group was taken in the whites with red and uh this was done before they changed over the branding for the word mark so the newman that you see across the chest is now the second word design that newman will use for athletics i think it's called paintbrush or whatever the font is well, that's the other one. So you guys have influenced all of Newman Athletic's uh, uniform design with the baby blues. And you showed me these last year, and I was really excited about the baby blues coming in right. um, with, uh, with the red Newman, the Jets logo on the shorts. Uh, how did you come up with these uh, new uniforms, and how excited are the girls to be in the new home whites and uh, the baby blues? Are they going to be alternates? Are they going to be the road uniforms? Uh, well, you know, uh, uh, one of my best friends in life, Todd Clark, my former assistant, who's the Cali Juco women's basketball head coach, used to once upon a time was the head women's coach here at Newman. Oh, okay. Kansas Newman College. Sure. When I was at Butler Juco. And so we were talking and he said we had light blue uniforms back in the day. And so, you know, and then talking with Zane and we just got to, I said, I'm doing it. And, you know, if, <laughs> if in fact that's one of our colors, you know, somewhere out there. Um, I'm going to do it because we need an alternate set. We, we You just can't wear the same ones all the time. And you can extend the life of your uniforms. Sure. Well. And so uh, we did that because we've had the gray. We've had the navy. We once had red. Yeah. Um, red, those 20, 2013, 2014 had the red ones. Yeah. These will be the first white uniforms in the Division II history of the school that has red numbers and red print on it instead of navy. So it'll be very unique yeah. in that aspect. Were you inspired by – when I look at the powder blues or the baby blues, whatever you want to call them, I think the Texters, Louisiana Tech, that's the first vibe that I get. Obviously, they're yeah. such a historic women's basketball program. Right. Was that something that influenced you? Well, yes and no. Um my, uh, you know, when I was head coach at New Mexico State, played in the WAC, and Louisiana Tech was in the WAC at yes. the time, the loaded WAC. Did, did they still wear yeah. the sleeves at that point? No, not in not in my time. They've gone back to some sense, but um, I remember going in there and telling our players, those banners up on that wall up there aren't coming back down, but that's a great program. And so, yeah, but my my light blue affinity goes back to when I was younger, growing up in Carson, California. Uh, Carson High School with the Colts 
and they had that Carolina blue sure. and black, and it just as a little kid, I just remember seeing that, and that's what I always wanted to to wear. And it's uh, yeah, it's it's kind of cool. And then we have the whites, and and then we got a, our third one is a chalk colored that's got pink in it. And, oh, okay. And blue Adidas has been really good to us. Um, you know, Billy Baber and 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 Scotty, they've been been really good to me. I've been with Adidas long before I ever came here to Newman, so they've been really good to me over the course of my my career and so we're you know happy to keep working with them so we'll be uh, looking to see all of these new uniform combinations this year once again the season starts november 19th here at fugate gymnasium darren spence at women's basketball coach always great to have you aboard coach hey uh, uh ryan smith you owe me i'm representing for newman <laughs> wrestling number one baby <laughs> that's absolutely right and another number one player on this team is riley malloy we'll talk to her about her role on this year's team when we come back Hi friends, Phil Nightingale, General Manager at Mount Hamilton Ford. Have you been thinking about a new SUV? Right now is a great time to buy a new Ford at the big one of 119th and West Kellogg. EcoSport, Escape, Edge, Explore, Expedition. Mount Hamilton Ford is sure to have the right vehicle to fit your size. And you know you can count on us with this great selection to find the right SUV at the best price to fit your budget. Check us out online or in person. Let us make your purchase easy with pickup and delivery right from your home or work. Mount Hamilton Ford, experience the difference. Fact is, every insurance company hopes you drive safely. But Allstate actually helps you drive safely with DriveWise. It lets you know when you go too fast and brake too hard. With feedback to help you drive safer, giving you the power to actually lower your cost. Unfortunately, you can't do anything about that. Now that you know the truth, are you in good hands? Check out your Allstate agent here in Wichita, Mike Light, at 316-684-0121. Returning for her senior season, one of the unquestioned leaders of this Newman women's basketball team, she appeared in 17 games last year, dishing out 15 assists with nine steals. And believe it or not, I, I thought back, you're the only player that I didn't get to talk to last year, either on the coaches show or at halftime. So I didn't want you to feel slighted. So you're on early from Las Cruces, New Mexico, senior Riley Malloy. Riley, great to have you on the show. Thank you, Blake. Well, reaction from the team, I imagine that you guys had to be pretty excited when you heard that the season was going to get to go on. What was your personal reaction? Oh, I was ready for it. <laughs> I really wanted this senior season to happen. Um, I don't know. There's a different energy in the locker room and the in the gym in general this year that I'm excited for, and I wanted the opportunity to get to have everybody experience that. Well, you have been a part of some really great Jet moments and, and some really special seasons. I know that last season wasn't exactly how you guys wanted to go in the first year of the MIAA. What was, what was the number one thing that you felt like the team could improve on from year one in the MIAA to now 2020-2021? Well, I think that there was a lot of nerves last year being the first year in the MIAA, so I think Getting that first year out of the way, getting all those nerves worked out, we can kind of be ourselves now. We were kind of playing not like ourselves last year, so I think we can get back into it this year and really just perform. So senior leadership, obviously, you guys have a really big senior class and a very diverse senior class. Some four-year players from Kansas, obviously you're from out of state, and then two junior college transfers. What's been the core leadership like of the seniors on this team as you've brought along four new four-year freshmen? 
So our six seniors that we have are pretty close. So there's a lot of communication between us and just in the and for the team in general. And so bringing those new freshmen in was, was easy because they just meshed right in with all of us. Now you have been in practice and even last year when you got into games running the point a little bit, which you're so you're you're kind of a point forward, kind of a hybrid. What's been the biggest challenge of kind of taking on that additional responsibility of running the point and getting the offense started when you get in the game? Well, Spence likes to call me happy feet, but um, <laughs> I think just slowing down and kind of keeping my composure in instances like that. I mean, I played the point in high school some too, so I kind of have some experience in that area, but it's a it's a whole new ball game out here, sure. so just getting it with the rhythm and stuff. We're talking with Riley Malloy from Las Cruces, New Mexico, senior forward on this team. And something else that Coach Spence likes to call you is the Red Hot Chili Pepper, which uh, I don't – Red Hot Chili Peppers are my favorite band. Do you actually like the Red Hot Chili Peppers? I do, actually. They're in my playlist. Really? <laughs> so favorite album? Oh, I couldn't tell you. For me, it's Stadium Arcadium. Oh, that's a good one, too. So, so another thing, I'm just going to skip ahead. I have another, other questions. I'll come back to them. <laughs> the off-the-radar video that you ladies did was a treasure. And if you haven't seen it, <clears throat> you've got to go look for it on YouTube. Newman Athletics, off-the-radar for women's basketball. Um, why was and, – and she's not here to defend herself, so I feel bad for Michaela Mack. You guys crushed her musical taste in that video. <laughs> Why is Michaela Mack's weight room playlist so universally hated by everyone on this team? <laughs> I think it was just, um, I mean, it wasn't terrible music. It was just not, probably not the right choices for a weight room atmosphere. Okay. Um, you know, you don't, you're working out in the weight room and you want to, like, get that hype kind of music. Sure, and, of course. And there was some of that, but it could have been more consistent. <laughs> okay. So it, was there anything, now after you got to watch that video, uh, was there anything that surprised you that you learned that you didn't already know about your teammates? No, I think that everything is pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one thing I was curious about I don't think they had all these questions. You, you've got to go watch the video, but they had all these questions about, you know, who's the most likely to wake up late for practice or to miss the bus. I don't think you were the answer to any of those questions. So I want to ask you, what are you the most likely to of anyone on the team? If you had to pick something that you would be the answer to, what would that be? Oh, goodness. Well, they call me the mother of the team. So, like, just gathering everybody together, yeah. making sure those people do wake up and that aren't <laughs> late to the bus, um, just hurting hurting little chicks, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I think some of them probably are little chicks to be hurted. <laughs> it seems like there's a different chemistry with this group. Can you attest to that, being on, you know, some teams that had fantastic success? And not that the ones that didn't have success didn't have chemistry, but it just – it feels like, you know, the team a couple of years ago getting second place in the Heartland Conference was just different. And from watching you guys this year at scrimmages and practices, it feels like this year is also just a little different. How does it feel to you? Um, I mean, you can definitely tell that there is a different feeling. Uh, like I mentioned before, we're all super close. And those freshmen mes meshing with us, um, we're just, the team in general seems to be more close-knit this year. And whether we hang out outside of the court or on the court, we just kind of click better than 
probably previous teams. Well, we'll see if you're close after we get your question <laughs> from Bailey Hawkins. Uh, <laughs> she is responsible this week. So Bailey's got a question for Riley. You'll see it on the screen. If you're listening, you'll hear it. And uh, I'll play it for you right now. Riley, how does it feel having the responsibility of knowing and playing every position? And which one is your favorite to play? Okay, that's a good, that is a good question. Yeah. Um, uh, that, that, is, that is something that maybe other players are not as used to doing, but you are someone who can kind of step into every position. So which one is your favorite? Um, that's a tough question. Um, I think like the small forward position because I have the opportunity to play in the post and outside. Um, so it's kind of like that position is all of them put together. Um, and so I could be versatile that way. Is that more of a challenge to have to know the sets for all the set plays? You have to know all five spots? Um, not necessarily, because even when I wasn't playing all five spots, I knew all five spots. Sure. Just because I like directing people, and it goes back to the mother hen thing. <laughs> and um, even if I wasn't on the court, I was trying to get people in the right position. So knowing all those positions helped me to do that. And if you go to the games, Riley is typically the – when she's not in the game, <laughs> she is the loudest voice on the bench. Did you ever get in trouble in school for maybe being too loud during class? Because your voice really carries. <laughs> um, no, that's that's just my gym voice. Typically outside of the gym, nobody hears that. So. <laughs> I understand. The You know, Coach Spence has talked – like maybe, you know, you have some coach-like qualities in you. Uh, that's something maybe you want to pursue after your playing career is over? Um, it's definitely a possibility. Uh, right now, my plans for like next year and the future are to go to grad school and possibly become a speech therapist. Okay. Um, but I definitely can see myself coaching in the future, I don't, whether that's part-time or, um, or not. So this year – you guys, at least in the scrimmages that I've watched, have kind of bounced back and forth between man-to-man -man and zone defense. Coach Spence has always been a man-to-man -man coach, but you guys have really been a predominantly zone team, especially last year. How do you feel like defensively you guys are coming along here in the early going? I think that we're, we're really clicking. I like the switch up between the man and zone. Um, it kind of gets the offense kind of confused, and so that gives the defense an advantage. But because we have... Uh, we talk a lot. The communication is there. Um, playing either is going to work good for us. Now, one thing I did want to ask, and I was going to ask you last year, you started your career at Newman as number 10 and then changed to number 35 last year, and you'll be number 35 again this year. Any reason you made that change? Uh, was, was 35 the number you wanted originally? Did you just want to change it up? What's the story behind the number change? Sometimes there are great stories and, and sometimes there are not. But well, what's your reason? Um, I think that 10 just didn't feel right for me. And so, like, my first two years, I didn't, like, feel like I owned 10 enough. Sure. Well, what so number did you wear in high school? I was 22. Okay. Yeah. 22 is a fine number. Um, and I would have gone back to that, but... I, when I was changing my number, I felt that I needed like to open up a new page. So I've never been 35 before and that was available. And I said, why not? Okay, so there you go. That's why she's number 35 this year. Final question, uh, what are your goals? What are the seniors goals for this team and what do you want to achieve 
this year in whatever form the season events eventually take shape in? So I think that we're just trying to embrace this final year, especially with so many seniors on the team and trying to make it the best we can. Um, whether that's just playing one game, whether that's playing the entire season, just taking every day one step at a time and just working our way to whatever the end may be because you never know if the, our, one, our one game will be the final game or if we're actually going to have a senior night like traditional teams would. Well, I, I certainly hope so uh, because you guys have meant so much to Coach Spence's program and to this team. Uh, you guys certainly deserve all that. I hope you get it. Uh, if, if they do allow attendance and you come to Fugate Gymnasium, I guarantee you're going to hear this voice uh, <laughs> when you're watching the team this year. Riley Malloy, senior from Las Cruces, New Mexico. Thank you so much for being here. Thank I appreciate you. it. Yes. We'll talk NU Triathlon when we come back on the JetCast. Thank you to Don Lear Construction, proud supporter of Newman Athletics. Great performances on the court do not happen without great support off the court. That's why Newman Athletics is excited to announce the opening of its new Aviator Club. We invite you to join us in the important mission of supporting the Jets. You can make a huge difference in the lives of our 300 student-athletes by signing up for one of the four club levels. Becoming a member is easy and will have a great impact on Newman Athletic Facilities, recruiting, and more. Plus, memberships come with privileges like game passes, discounts at the new online Jet Store, special events, and much, much more. So join today by clicking on the Aviator Club on our website, newmanjets.com. And as always, thanks for your support of Newman University Athletics. Well, with wind chills dipping down to 14 degrees in Wichita earlier this week, about the last thing you'd be wanting to think about is running, biking, or swimming. But, of course, NU Triathlon, uh, maybe they're tough enough to be up for the challenge. Uh, joining me, their fifth-year head coach, Jeff Lovegren. Uh, boy, this, this week uh, made uh, outdoor practice kind of difficult, didn't it? Uh, just slightly, yeah. I mean, But I guess we're used to the water anyway, so, you know, <laughs> what the heck? I don't know. That might be a little <laughs> chilly even for you guys. Uh, had you guys been able to, to get out? The weather had been fairly nice, some, some nice fall weather here earlier in October, but I guess it wouldn't be 2020 without an October freezing rain and the snowstorm. That is true. Now, we've been outside basically since we started uh, late August, and, uh, you know, it's it's about what we can do, you know, and gets us outside and we can uh, stay spaced apart and, you know, keep the kids going and keep them motivated that way too. So, How difficult has this season been to prepare for versus the other four? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's off the charts. Uh, <laughs> it's just – I'm a planner, and uh, right now there's nothing to plan for. Um, us being just a club sport, we don't have a you know the um, sanctioning body coming in and saying you know we're going to put together these certain things. It's all based off of you know we use uh, local races, and they just have a collegiate division for us. Sure. And a lot of those uh, local races aren't just aren't doing anything. They're not uh, taking on the risks. They're not taking on the chances of it. So. What we've had to do uh, to keep them motivated is we just put on our own race. Uh, we just did an exhibition race uh, b at the end of September uh, out at uh, Lake Afton. And just we had fun with it. So we put, uh, 
me and my GA versus all the athletes. And, <laughs> oh. you know, and you want to talk about, you know, what, what's 2020 look like? Um, the Thursday before the race, half of my women's team was quarantined. So, you know, I, I mean, it, it is what it is. And we just uh, keep uh, working through and trying to have fun and enjoy it and keep them uh, motivated and giving them outlet. To, uh, you know, they can burn off some of the stress and steam of, uh, you know, what's going on in the world today. And obviously the school work that they have to perform and still uh, get done on time. So based on what you know right now, uh, uh, do you guys have any plans? Do you feel like you're going to be able to have any kind of a season moving into 2021 uh, after we turn the page on the calendar? I mean, as of right now, um, we're still planning a national event, but uh, I'm a little skeptical on whether that's going to happen or not. I'm a part of a uh, national collegiate uh, coaches organization, okay, and uh, we do provide a lot of feedback to uh, USAT is the the U.S. Uh, Olympic national governing body that oversees the uh, national event that um, right is put on for us, and uh, there's, gosh, I mean. 20, 30 coaches that I know that just aren't even allowed to practice right now. Um, so I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not optimistic. Um, I'm obviously hopeful that we uh, will get to have a national event. But the, the honest thing is, you know, we're going to do something. Um, we're going to have uh, something for their, our student athletes, and we're going to put together something, even if it's just us. Um, you know, it, that this has been a crazy year, so we just, you know, roll along with it but that's what triathlon's all about is you know you know taking the unexpected out of it and and still moving forward and because you know we decided that one sport wasn't enough we had to do three all at once so <laughs> that's right so you know this is just kind of par for it and you know they're they're mentally tough enough that uh, we can go through and we just do what we need to do and we still have fun doing it well you mentioned the fact that you guys don't have a sanctioning body you guys triathlon is not an miaa sport how much more difficult is it to figure out competition when there just aren't that many schools doing triathlon? I think you guys might be the only collegiate one, certainly the only one at Division Two in the state of Kansas that has a triathlon team. That is correct. We are actually the only collegiate triathlon team in the state That's of Kansas. That's what I thought. Yeah. I didn't know if there was one of those KCAC schools. A couple of those KCAC schools are adding esports. They're they're, yeah. they're trying to get tricky on us. But, they are. But, All that uh, virtual. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> So the only one that, that has to make scheduling and finding places to go and do events more challenging. It is very difficult um, because the other part about it, too, is like I mentioned, USAT is the kind of the national body that kind of organizes this a little bit um but they uh they're the ones that put up the divisions and um the different conferences that we're into but they want it to be a student-led um organization as far as the collegiate level is uh concerned and so then that means you know i i don't really have counterparts within my um conference that uh, I can talk to say hey let's set up uh, a race here and there and it's uh, just it's club level it's student run so they've got uh, the student president you know treasurers assistant president those kind of things and their school's not letting them do anything so they're not really involved with it right now and I mean they're trying to figure out their own thing too and just keep their club going and motivated and 
And uh, so that means it makes it a real challenge because I just don't have a dedicated person that I can go to. L- let's just set up something for our conference, right. you know, that kind of deal. And, and so that makes it a little bit more difficult and challenging. But then it also that gives us a little bit of freedom that we can, you know, pick and choose what we want to do and how we want to go about doing it. Jeff Lovegrove is my guest, head triathlon coach here at Newman University. Give us a review of last season, 2012, uh, 2019 2020 season how did they go for the Jets uh we were on a roll um 2019 to into 2020 we got to uh race up until March um so no nationals for you guys that that got you guys were another sport that got hit by the all the quarantines and shutdowns correct yeah we got to do all the qualifying events and all the (laughs) regional stuff that you have to do right and just so you can get to the national event that you want to do and then as soon as that rolls around yeah that's when we got canceled for it but you know we were looking pretty good in our conference i think uh we were sitting about third in our conference and you know we're going against some big schools that have um some you know rich history as far as triathlon goes and so i being our fifth year or well that was our fourth year in um in season i think we're uh, doing pretty good and you know the th- i can't say enough for the student athletes that i have on the team and just you know the way they carry themselves and the way they presented themselves because it was an unfortunate event we had uh, two of our seniors that just didn't get to race you know the the biggest thing the thing we work for all year long you know and just the way they handled themselves and the way they took it i couldn't be prouder i know that wyatt mattis was a big part of last year's team in terms of scoring points for you guys in these events Uh, so with him gone for the men plus the other senior how do you feel like the men are shaping up for this season if we ever get competition back underway this spring I think we're still pretty strong. We've got uh, a good team uh, under us as far as the men are concerned. And, you know, they they got to learn a lot from Wyatt. And Koki was our other senior that uh, uh, graduated too. And they were kind of, you know, the two top guys that uh, would score points for us. And the nice thing about it was they weren't selfish. So they shared a lot of their experiences with the newer kids. And that helps me out a lot because that's the biggest thing about uh, – you know, triathlon, especially, like I said, we're the only collegiate sport, let alone there's nobody in high school that does it. So basically, I'm going through and teaching them how to do triathlon, right? right? And so when you've got two seniors that aren't selfish and they can share their experiences with the incoming freshmen and the younger athletes on the team, that makes it a lot easier because really what it boils down to is the experience and, you know, how they deal with transitioning from sport to sport. So no seniors on the women's team last year. Very, very young, a lot of Kansas kids. How much does it help to have all that experience back on this year's team building for either the spring season or for 2021-2022? Well, I can tell you it's it's been a, a great experience for this year. Um, even though we're not doing anything, they uh, the experience that they've had and just keeping others motivated because we did uh, take on a couple of new freshmen this year uh, as far as the women's team so we can start strengthening that and building that up too. Um, just the way that uh, they can share their experiences and you know they chip in and at practices and help out with a lot of that stuff because since we didn't have any events going on there was no need to build the endurance so we could work on technique a lot and so um, being the only coach out there. 
having that experience where they can, you know, oh, hey, if you try this or you do this differently, this will help and benefit you in this way. And they're not selfish about sharing that kind of stuff. And so having those kids back makes my job a lot easier and it makes the team better as a whole. Last question for you. And this is normally where I ask, well, what are your goals for the year? But, you know, with this kind of uh, situation, I'm not sure that's really the right question to ask. Uh, maybe it no. is, maybe it isn't. But with so many unknowns and, and the, the real possibility that maybe there won't be any competition for you this year, how will you define success for this season, whether or not the powers that be allow you guys to swim, bike, and run? You know, I think uh, goals is a appropriate term. Um, because I don't think our goals have actually changed. Even though we are not competing, uh, the goal I've always had for this team is to have an inclusive team that uh, the student athletes really enjoy being a part of. Because if they do that, they want to come to practice, they put in more effort, they get more out of it if they actually enjoy coming to it. And like I said, we don't have the luxury of being able to go to a local high school and they've uh, played triathlon yeah. four years and I could see how they go and how they do, you know, and so just taking some kids uh, that have never done this before and then throwing them in at the collegiate level, if they can enjoy it, they're going to, you know, do a lot better. They're going to be more motivated to put in the work that we need to work. And the honest truth is none of them are really going to be professionals. There's not a real good market for it as far as triathlon, but I do hope that they continue as a lifelong sport because it is something that we can do. I have adult athletes that are in 70, 80 years old are still competing in triathlon. And so if I can, you know, enrich their college experience and give them, you know, a sport that they can carry on as a lifelong I think that's successful, and I think that's what we're doing here. Jeff Lovegren, head triathlon coach at Newman University. If they are allowed to compete, get all the updates online, newmanjets.com. Coach, uh, stay dry unless you're doing the swimming thing, in, the, in which case, good luck with that. Good luck. Thank you <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. That's all for the JetCast this week. Next week, we're going to go back to volleyball. So we'll see you then. So until then, Blake Cripp saying, go Jets. <laughs>